You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit shares with us some much-needed insight on the most misunderstood and least known member of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Hello, good morning. Welcome to church. Uh, today we're uh, starting a new series called The Unknown God. It's going to be a four-week-long series, and we're starting with the first one, who is the Holy Spirit. It will be followed next week by the role of the Holy Spirit, and just in time for Pastor Larry Matsuwaki's uh, preaching on uh, August uh, 18, that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then we'll end it with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All right. I just uh, want to ask you a question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Every time that question is asked by a lot of people, there is always an awkward silence. The present generation of believers today have very, very little knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is. Even Christians who have been Christians for a long time have a vague perception of who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible symbolically represents the Holy Spirit using fire or wind or remember the dove that came from heaven when Jesus was baptized, or a breath. Now, is the spirit a power, or is the spirit a person? For us to know about who the Holy Spirit is, I think it's imperative that we learn and understand the word Trinity. What is Trinity? The Trinity is a Christian doctrine that states that there is only one God, eternally existent three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It would have been easier if the actual word Trinity can be found in the Bible. But if you look at your Bible app or any concordance and you type in Trinity, you will never find the word Trinity. But just because the word is not found in the Bible doesn't mean that the doctrine is not there. The doctrine of Trinity is very foundational to our Christian faith. It's really very, very important. And this is probably an entire semester in a biblical course. We hope to understand it in 25 minutes by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. The question of Trinity raises a lot of doubts in people's minds. How can there be one God and three persons? How can God both be one and three? And if Jesus was God, how do you account for the gospel saying that Jesus prayed to God? Did it mean that he prayed to himself because he is God? The Bible tells us about many instances and many uh, evidence for the oneness the threeness and the three in oneness of God. By carefully putting all the evidences together without slighting any evidence in favor of another, we will come to the understanding of the doctrine of Trinity. I come from a Catholic background. As I grew up in my early years, I never heard the Trinity explained. It was just assumed that there's this Trinity but it wasn't really proved. Not that I needed to be proven so that I would believe in it, but at least I need some sort of an explanation 
what was the Trinity all about? It was not really explained. It was just stated. Now, to prevent us from making into an academic discussion, which this is all about, we need to turn our, our eyes and our ears and our attention to the question, why do I care? Why do I need to know about the Trinity? What's that all about? Why do I have to embrace the doctrine of the three-in-oneness of God? Those who understand it would probably say, there's no point of discussion. And those who do not understand it, there's no need to discuss because I don't understand it. These are precisely the reasons why we have to discuss it. As a Christian, this is something that we have to completely embrace and believe even if we do not comprehend or understand it. The Bible says, For my thoughts, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The concept of the triune God is very difficult to grasp and comprehend. But just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not necessarily false. Why do I care? I'm saved already. I was reconciled to God by what Jesus did on the cross, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. What's the third person for? The unknown, the forgotten God. The doctrine of Trinity is crucial for us to understand who God is, how He relates to us, and how we can relate to Him. It's hard to explain the Trinity because it goes against basic logic. People would argue God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit equals three gods. But there's only one God. It cannot be defined by any physical explanation or physical law as we know it. There is no analogy that can accurately describe what the Trinity is all about. The closest that I could get to understanding what the Trinity is, is this illustration. I have three sticks here, right? If I put them together like this, how many do you see? But how many sticks are there? That's, there's one stick, that's true. There's also three sticks, that's also true. So that's, that's the closest that I could get to understanding it. But then again, it's a mystery. And sometimes we just have to believe by faith that it is what it is because we cannot comprehend it because God's ways are not our ways. If you feel that this is too academic, it's okay for you to yawn. I would completely understand it, all right? This is the first time that we did it, but I, I believe this is imperative for us to learn and understand who the Holy Spirit is. And it may be good to know for everyone here in this room, and quite interesting, it took the Christian church 500 years to resolve this issue. Now, churches come out with creedal statements. These are state statements of their faith, right? And the first was the Apostles' Creed. We are all familiar with this, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and so on and so forth. Now, the Apostles' Creed left the door open for confusion about the Trinity, because there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
So people who read this might think that, okay, if there's God the Father, God the Son, there, there must be three gods, right? So in order to address this, there was a council in Nicaea which convened and came up with the Nicene Creed, which a lot of Christian churches adhere to now. The Nicene Creed partly goes like this. They started by making this statement. We believe in one God, just to make it clear that there is just one God. The Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all, all of that is seen and unseen. And then we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We as Christians believe in one God. One God, not three gods. One God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is one God eternally existent in three persons. And to illustrate it, this is how it should look like. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. There are three distinct different persons. But God, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. This is the mystery of the Trinity, which cannot be understood and fathomed by the human mind because we are limited. But we need to understand and believe that this is the nature of God. There are many verses in the Bible that speak about the triune God, the Trinity, one example of the presence of the triune God was when Jesus started his ministry in life. Remember when he was baptized by John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. There was the sun. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. There was the Holy Spirit. And then there was a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. That is the voice of the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, this is what he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Three persons. And I'd like you to take note of this. It is in the name, not in the names of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, saying that there is only one God, but there are three persons. Even Christ proclaimed the coming of the Holy Spirit before his death. He said, the Holy Spirit will come. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, he said to his disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine? If I was with Jesus, I would rather have Jesus with me than him go away. But he said, if I go away, you'd be in a better place. If you go away, it's to your advantage. How could that be possible? 
This is Jesus beside me. I'm walking with him. I experience his miracles. I experience the wonderful things that he has done in the lives of many people. And he's saying that if I leave, it will be better for you. It will be to your advantage. Why? Because he said, if I do not go away, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he further said in John 14, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in each and every Christian. And once you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, it will never leave you. It will stay there forever. That is God's guarantee, God's seal that you are his son, that you are his daughter. Now, we have to honor the Holy Spirit as God. The Holy Spirit is the least understood, the least acknowledged, the least appreciated person in the Trinity. We always say in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, the Spirit God the Spirit dwells in us, and there's a lot of things that the Spirit does in our lives, which we'll discuss next week. Alex will be talking about it, and it's going to be interesting, because now that we know that the Holy Spirit is not a wind or a power, it is a person who dwells inside of us, He is God Himself in us, then it should be able to empower us and allow us to do great things as a Christian, and that's what we will discuss next week. There is so much more that we need to learn about the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, please, read the Bible. Research on it. And let the Holy Spirit reveal to you the truth of God's Word. Don't believe me because I said it is so. Please don't. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to examine and read the Scripture yourself and allow God to reveal the truth to you. Let the Holy Spirit speak the truth of God's Word in your life. So the next time someone asks you who the Holy Spirit is, I hope there will be no more awkward silence because now you know and now you understand. And let's just meditate on this great phenomenon that happened. It's called the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came from heaven... A sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. There is nothing worth more that will ever, ever come close than the presence of God. The presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Remember, you are not alone. The Spirit of God is alive in you. It will empower you to become witnesses. It will encourage you when you're down. It will lift you up when you're carrying a heavy burden. It will allow you to live the lives that you're supposed to live as God planned it. And that's something that we have to be excited about. So let's give God a praise from our hearts.
Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day. If you have accepted Christ in your life, never ever think for a moment that you are alone because you are not. The Spirit of God dwells inside of you. Lord, we thank you that you have revealed to us the truth about who you are. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we may embrace this doctrine and live it out in our lives as it changes the way we relate to you and understand better how you relate to us. Jesus was right after all that it was to our advantage that he leaves because he will send us the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And we pray that we will recognize the presence, acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To move in the power of the Spirit in everything that we do, in everything that we say, in everything that we think about. So Lord, we honor you. We thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, thank you. And Holy Spirit, thank you for residing in us. We honor you, we glorify you, and we give you all the praise you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy your time with your family, and see you again next Saturday for our part two of our series, The Unknown God, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See you all. God bless you. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.